Hey friends, welcome to the Radical Radiance podcast. I am your host, Rebecca George, and I'm so thrilled to be with you today as I'm joined by my new friend, Christine Hoover, to talk all about her new book, How to Thrive as a Pastor's Wife. You know this was a conversation that I was excited to have. As most of you know, I am a pastor's wife, and I just really appreciate Christine's encouragement to all of us. And I think even if you're not a pastor's wife, if you are just a member of the Capital C Church, I think you will enjoy be encouraged and be challenged in how you can love and encourage your pastor's wife. So before we get to it, I want to share about one of our sponsors, the Shine Bright Journal. The Shine Bright Journal is a free downloadable resource that you can go grab today at RadicalRadiance.live that will walk you through a lot of what we talk about around here. What does it look like for us to radiate the heart of Jesus in all that we do? I just can't wait to hear how God speaks to you. So go grab it today at RadicalRadiance.live our new friend, Christine, to the show. Christine, welcome to the show. I'm well, so thrilled to have you today. Me. I'm excited to get to talk with you today. I am too. I told you before we hit record, I always get really excited when I hear about another book written for pastor's wives, and I'm so thrilled that you've written Thriving as a Pastor's Wife, Practical Tools to Embrace Your Influence and Navigate Your Unique Role, and when I hear about a book like this, I always wonder, like, where did this come from in Christine? Like, have you been thinking about this book for a long time? Is it a book you, because I know like for me, I have several brewing in me that won't see the light of day for probably the <laughs> next 10 years, but I think about uh-huh. them often. And I wonder, was the pastor's wife book something you thought, all right, when I cross that 20 year mark and I have some years under my belt, I maybe I'll write this thing. Like, tell me the story well, behind the book. I think this has been in me for a long time, but I knew I needed a little more experience yeah. and a little more seasons of ministry. But I just love encouraging pastor's wives. And so it's always been something I've wanted to write. And I actually have written a lot online and, you know, have a podcast. And I, I often end up with pastor's wives as guests. And so I just, that's just a topic I could talk about Anytime. And I love speaking to pastors' wives and that kind yeah. of thing. So, you know, my first book was for church planting wives. And as soon as it came out, a lot of pastors' wives were like, well, this is this is helpful for us too. But I knew I needed some more time. So yeah, mm. it's been brewing for a long time. And I, I think the heart behind it is and why I love encouraging pastors' wives so much is because when we started, I was really young. I married my husband, and a year later, we were mm. in vocational ministry. I I was in my you know early twenties, mid twenties, and I just felt so overwhelmed. You know, you don't really know on that yeah. from the outside looking in, you don't really know all the things that we have to navigate. And so, as soon as I'm in that role, mm-hmm. I was like, I need some help. And I tell the story in the beginning of the book. There was a woman. Um, that lived down the street from me, whose husband was also on staff with my husband. And she was older, she had teenagers, she had all this experience. And so I just thought she's going to come down the street. She's going to knock on my door, sit on the couch with me, and she's going to help me figure this out. And she never really did that. She did come and check on me once, but I was afraid to ask questions. I just thought I must be the only one who doesn't know what's going Mm. on here. And so I just kind of think of myself in writing this book as that seasoned pastor's wife coming down the street, sitting on the couch with the reader and saying, mm-hmm. hey, I know what you're experiencing 
And some of it is really good and rewarding. And some of it's really challenging. And here's some things that I've learned along Mm -hmm. the way that might be helpful to you. Yeah, that's so good. And I'm almost wondering for my people who are listening, who love their pastor's wife well, and they're listening because they want to know how to do that better. I'm wondering, because obviously this book is written for pastor's wives, but we're going to have people listening who are are members of the Capital C Church, right? And they just want to know, what do I not know about being a pastor's wife? What types of questions in the beginning when you wish she would have came and sat with you, what were some of those questions that you think, okay, all pastor's wives, when they step into this, these are some of the questions they start asking themselves. Well, the list is is long. You know, first of all, am I going to make it? What do I do? How do I yeah. know what my gifts are? Yeah. How do I manage expectations that I'm feeling from people? How do I de- how do I develop friendships mm-hmm. now where people are suddenly acting weird around mm-hmm. me? How do I support my husband? How do I <laughs> encourage him when he's discouraged? There are so many things that you're suddenly in and you don't know quite Mm -hmm. what to do. And I think those questions change over time. I don't think, you know, even here I am decades later, I'm still asking questions because seasons of ministry change or you might end up doing a different kind of ministry. You know, we started church planting. I had the same experience where I thought, how do I do this? How do I manage being a mom Mm -hmm. of young kids and helping this thing get off the ground? Are we going to be okay financially, that kind of thing. So there's just tons of Mm -hmm. questions, and I try to answer them in this book. But yeah, I I think for people who are listening who aren't pastor's wives, how encouraging would it be for me as pastor's wife if someone in my church came to me and said, hey, I don't quite understand what it's like to be you, but I picked up this book and I read it so that I could try to understand what you're facing. That would be so encouraging to me. Yes, same. Same. I totally agree. And I know I've I've asked myself almost all of those questions that you rattled off. And so uh, you can know with confidence that your pastor's wife has probably yes. done the same. And I loved I love that you use the word thriving or thrive in the title of the book. Why was that important? Why was it important that you walk alongside pastor's wives so that they can thrive? What does that look like? Well, I think I use that word because too often I can speak for myself. I've just been surviving in ministry. I, you know, I feel like I'm almost like holding on for dear life and there's a out of control roller coaster and Mm. I'm going up and I'm going down and I can't quite hold on tight. And so I think I've spent, sometimes Mm -hmm. there've been years at a time that I have felt that I was just surviving and just making it. And I, there, there have been things along the way that God has taught me through trial and error, through other people, through the truth of his word that has that has helped me to actually thrive where, I'm, where I am, not just survive. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to share some of those things. Uh, the, the book is meant to be very practical. I tried to keep a, a lot of different contexts in mind. I know that every pastor's wife is different. Every context is different, but there are some practical things that we can talk about that might help us to thrive and not just survive. So things like boundaries or how do I know when to say yes to something or to say no? And how do I say Mm -hmm. no? And how do I navigate criticism? And how do I deal with bitterness and resentment that has come up in my heart? Those kinds of things I really wanted Mm -hmm. to 
to share those with pastor's wives because I think that pastor's wives are some of the most pivotal people in a church, in in their church, that we all approach the role really differently, but we all are people of influence and our presence matters in our churches. And so I really want to encourage those women to embrace where they are, to know themselves according to who God has made them, and to really be present and engaged with the people that God has given her to love. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Speaking of that, you talk in the book about how it's not God's desire that we stay in isolation. And I know that's something that so many pastor's wives experience. I know I've experienced that myself. When I got when I married my husband, most of our listeners will know this, I moved away from everything I've ever known, nine hours away from everything I've ever known, into a town of 12,000 people from a pretty decent-sized town in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. So it was total and complete culture shock. The only people that I knew, and and largely the only people I know now, are people in my church. So I'm I was pastor's wife to everybody that I saw life on life with, right? And so I, I know I experienced some of that isolation in the beginning, and I, I just wonder how do you hope to encourage pastor's wives in that to seek community and friendship, and kind of like we talked about before we hit record, what's that balance, right? When you are their pastor's wife, but you you do want to seek community, especially for pastor's wives who live maybe in a smaller area and kind of face some of those similar challenges mm-hmm. as maybe I this have. This has been one of the biggest struggles I've had as a pastor's wife is learning okay. how to make friends within the church. Is that even mm-hmm. possible? Because sometimes the we are told you shouldn't be friends with people in your church. And then we're also told that we we should make friends in our church and be vulnerable with people. So we can get a lot of mixed messages about it. But I think also people yep. do sometimes relate to us in ways that make friendship difficult. Uh, so we can't yep. do anything about that, but we can do something about how we navigate it. And so sure. I think this is a topic, and I do address it in the book, but this is a topic that can sometimes be hard for us to talk about because – it, we at some point have been hurt in in building community and friendship in the church. And, yeah. and so I can kind of speak to my own experience of how it's been painful and then maybe some things that I've learned along the way. Yes. So yeah. The first thing is that we, again, started when I was very young and I my husband's on staff at a large church and I show up and I'm like, eager to make friends. And I felt as if I had been wrapped in like a bubble or something like people were different around me than I had ever experienced before. Like they would stop talking when I came near, you know, or, or I felt in a sense like I was responsible for every conversation that they were waiting for me to initiate. And, um, during this time, I Mm. also, uh, became a mom, um, one of my kids had special needs. And so I was just trying to figure out life like everyone else. And I wanted community and friends like everything else. And so like everyone else. And I remember thinking I had forgotten how to make friends. Like something just felt off to me. Mm. And I felt lonely. Mm -hmm. I probably felt lonely for the first decade of our ministry life. And I thought something was wrong with me. And I would show up at church and I was surrounded by all these people. And 
but I felt so insecure and intimidated by other other women. And I was very in my head, you know, thinking, what does she think about me? Why did mm-hmm. I say that? What does she think about my husband? That kind of thing. Uh, and I began to get kind of frustrated with other women around me. Like, why don't they include me? Why don't they invite me? Why don't they respond to me the way that I wish that they would? And so I was just real angsty around friendship. And I, I mm. do think one thing that's helped me is later in my 30s, one of my friends said to me, you know, Christine, this is a very common thing for most women. Pretty much every woman has these struggles. And I think that was helpful for me because I've only always been a pastor's wife. And I didn't I didn't understand yeah. that, hey, some of this is not because I'm a pastor's wife. Some of this is just the complexities of being an adult. Um, but there are complexities mm-hmm. that get laid on top of it for pastor's wives, like a friend disagreeing with my husband's decision or a friend leaving the church. That feels very yep. personal. And so my response in those years was just to go inward. And I was just kind of waiting for other people to come toward me and to be who I wanted them to be. What changed for me is I picked up a book called Life Together by Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and he just read my mail. The first section is all about community, (laughs) and he talks about that we have this wish dream of what we think community should be. And it's a very idealistic vision of friendship, of community, and we try to make it happen for ourselves. And when, when it doesn't happen, then we get real frustrated with ourselves, with other people, mm. and with God. And that is exactly what I had done. And so I realized that I had yeah. kind of taken on an immature understanding of friendship. And so around that time, we mm. we moved from Texas to Virginia to plant a church. And I specifically remember my husband sitting with the core team going, okay, let's imagine what this church could be. And in my head, I'm thinking, I want community. I want to relate to people differently than I yeah. had have at the church that we were at. And but I realized that I was gonna have to do do some things differently. It wasn't just about what other people were doing. Yeah. So here's some things I've learned along the way that have helped me because my my relationship with community and friendship is is totally different now. And some things that I chose to do differently have really helped that. And the first one is embracing that I am going to have to initiate and go toward other people. So sometimes I, I talk to other yeah. pastor's wives and I totally get this, that we get frustrated that we're the ones that have to initiate almost every time. At some point, I just said to myself, you know what, that's just the way it is. And I'm just going to embrace that, that, you know, there may be people that yeah. initiate, but m- there may not be. If I want to have friends, then I got I have to go to other people. And that's really what mm-hmm. Jesus did. He was a person who he, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And I think taking on that mindset mm-hmm. helps us to kind of push through when we feel like, oh, it's it's me again doing the, you know, making the phone call or texting or whatever. Um, but that's mm-hmm. what that's what Jesus did. He didn't text, but he initiated with, with other people. So that that was the first thing, just embracing. I'm going to initiate. The second one is rejecting expectations that. Uh, you know, I mm. think I had all these, this huge list of uh, qualities I was looking for and who I would consider a friend. And when I really thought about it, mm. I thought, well, this is the person who has to be just like me. They have to be a pastor's wife. They have to have kids. They have to, uh, you know, be similar personality to me and all that. And so I was putting these expectations mm. on women. And of course, no one could 
could kind of meet those expectations. So rejecting that and just kind of being open to, hey, one of my good friends, I mean, one of my good friends is 10 years younger than me and single. And, you know, another good friend is decades older than me and is like a second grandmother to my children. And so when I, when I let go of those expectations, I suddenly see that God has placed people around me in my church mm-hmm. that can be a friend. And are they going to be the perfect friend? No. Are they going to meet every need? No. That's what only Jesus can, can be. But, but I think when we release some of those expectations, we see there are actual people around us that God is trying to give us as friends. And then another yeah. one is rejecting assumptions. And so this is what really was getting me mm. when I was younger, younger pastor's wife, is I would go into a room of women at church and I would just think, oh, they must think this about me. They, they're making this assumption mm. about me. And even sometimes letting the pastor's wife title be that assumption, thinking, oh, well, they don't want to talk to me because I'm, I'm one of the pastor's wives or whatever it was, you know, and yeah. I think sometimes we can let that hinder us um, instead of going toward other people and just trying to get to know them and to let them get mm-hmm. to know us. I think sometimes pastor's wives are the worst mm-hmm. about letting people know us. We can hide really easily. And so we don't let people yep. know us as people. And so that's the last one I would say, something I've learned, and this has been the hardest one for me to do is to choose to be vulnerable with trustworthy people. And this, I would say, looking back as a young pastor's wife, the thing I was most focused on was impressing people rather than connecting to Mm. people. And so it was about image. It was Mm -hmm. about doing the role right. It was about performing, that kind of thing. But connecting is about relationship, and it requires vulnerability. And so I think we have to yeah. embrace that there's risk, especially for the pastor's wife. There yep. is risk in pursuing friendship and in choosing to be vulnerable with people. And of course, we're not going to be vulnerable with every single mm-hmm. person we meet. But as we develop relationships and we realize that people are trustworthy, who those people are, then we can take the risk of saying, here I am as a person. This is who I am, not just a pastor's mm-hmm. wife, but here I am as a person. And so God has, he has provided yeah. for me by, by me choosing to do those things. Now, have I been hurt in community? Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. I've been deeply hurt. But I think that the risk still is worth it because I've also developed deep relationships, even with people in my church. Hey friends, quick break in this conversation to remind you of something. If you are loving the show, you're loving the conversations we're having, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would leave a rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts for Radical Radiance. When that happens, when more of those happen, the show gets put in front of more women and in turn, it allows them the opportunity to take part in conversations that will show them more about what it looks like to radiate the heart of Jesus. And I can't think of anything better than that. So it would mean the world to me if you would take just two minutes of your time and leave a rating and a written review. I'd love to hear what you think. Now, let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, that's so good. The one that really jumped out to me in this season is the releasing of expectations. I have seen that be so helpful for me 
And I'll tell you why. I mean, in our town, and this is what I always say, women are primarily moms, nurses, and mm-hmm. school teachers, by and large. And those are three very high and holy callings. And none mm-hmm. of them are me yet. I'm not a mom yet. And I'm not a school teacher. And I'm not a nurse. And so by default, every, all of my friends are moms, um, I would say at this point. And so so there's some life experience that we don't share there. Um, and, and even age. So I have sort of two extremes. One of my sweetest friendships that I have here is with a college student mm-hmm. in our church. And she's so mature. She's so precious. I adore her. And we have the best time. We're in totally different life yeah. stages. And on the other side of the spectrum, I have a couple really close friends who are in their 40s and have teenagers. And I don't identify with most of their life, right? But that doesn't mean that God can't bless that friendship in a different way. I think that took me a while to accept. At the beginning, I was just frustrated by it and I almost felt like, God, why would you take me from a place where I had so much community and it was so deep-rooted? And now I'm in a place where nobody, it feels like nobody yeah. is like me, mm-hmm. right? And um, and I just have seen God really, really bless that when I have let go of the expectations that I've had for friendship. That's a really good way of of saying what I feel like I've yeah. had to do in this season. So that, that, that's and so helpful. And I love helpful. that you're, you're kind of speaking, I, I would assume this college student may have begun in a discipleship type relationship or a mentor type relationship. And I think that that's something we can look for. If we're not sure who's a friend, we can at least begin with, hey, a younger woman, do you want to get together and study the Bible? A lot of times discipleship turns into friendship. In fact, the woman I was speaking of who's Mm -hmm. single and 10 years younger than me, that's where it began. It doesn't always turn into friendship, mm. but investing ourselves in other people, that is going to build community and potentially friendship. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so good. Okay. And on this topic a little bit, you talk some in the book about feeling misunderstood as a pastor's wife. And we've we've touched on this a little bit, but I know I have I have felt that in my two and a half years of being a pastor's wife, um, and I'm sure it won't be the last time I've will feel that I would love to hear again let's encourage the church for a minute how do we encourage the church to get to know their pastor's wife and and then on the opposite side how do we maybe take those feelings of being misunderstood but but still seek community I don't know I don't I'm not framing the question well but I think you get what I I mean so speaking to the church I would say what I would want you to know about your pastor's wife, I don't know her, but I know pastor's wives. And I would want you to know that she genuinely loves Jesus and your church and you. So her heart is in this. She's trying to be fully engaged where she's at. I think also I want you to know your pastor's wife sacrificially serves in many ways that you don't know and you're not going to know. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Like what? <laughs> like what? Name name some well, of those things. Well, for me, a lot of it is conversations with my husband. You know, just last week, I, yep. he had to do a wedding that ended up being a really difficult circumstance. And he said, hey, can you sit down with me? Mm. And I've got to change up the sermon that I'm going to give at the wedding. And so we sat down and I helped him think that through. 
You know, he's not going to say at the yeah. wedding, my wife helped me with this. Um, but also, you know, <laughs> right. for moms with young kids, pastor's wives with young kids, and, and, and still I do this to this day, I'm getting to church on my own with my kids. And some of, some of them have yeah. really young kids and nursing babies and toddlers, and they're going, they're getting everybody out the door on their own, uh, praying for people who are hurting. They know a lot of what's going on. And so they're praying for you. And, um, you know, there's so many ways I could go on and on and on, but just know that she is serving. You may not, she may not serve in the way you necessarily would expect, but she is serving. She is serving the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I think the another, another thing I'd want you to know is that your pastor's wife experiences life just like you. She is fighting to trust the Lord in certain areas. She's fighting sin. She gets discouraged. She has deep yep. wounds. Yep. She worries about her kids and she has she has passions and yeah. interests apart from her husband and ministry. And and so I think a lot of what I'm saying is a lot of her life and who she is is kind of hidden away. It's tucked away. Her her service, her struggles, her passions, her personhood is often tucked away. It could be behind her husband, it could be behind her children, behind her title. And so I would want you to consider her as a person. How can you get to know her as a person? Um, I think an easy question you could ask, and 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 maybe it's hard to say this because some pastors' wives might not necessarily respond. You know, I know what I would like. A simple question that you can ask sure. your pastor's wife is: What what are your interests? What do you like? What could you talk about for hours? Yeah. Because that doesn't have anything to do with her title. It doesn't have to do with her husband. It doesn't have to do with her kids. But it gives you a peek mm-hmm. into who she is as a person. So for me, I love books. Mm-hmm. I could talk about books for hours. And so if somebody shows interest in that or they like books, we can talk about that. And it gives them a peek into who I am as a person. Yeah. So that's something that you can do yeah. if you want to love your pastor's wife is just notice her. And I don't mean like obsess or stalk her, but... You know, nerd, notice how God's using her and let her know that. Tell her that because she doesn't know. Yeah. You could be the one to tell her. Or if you see something that you appreciate, yeah. tell her what you're thankful for because she doesn't know that unless you tell her. And so you can be a pastor mm. to her. You can be a minister to her by telling her those things. Yeah. And so you also asked about yeah. the pastor's wife who feels misunderstood. And I do think that's a common thing. I love Andy Crouch's book, Strong and Weak, where he talks about that this is something that comes with leadership, that we have these hidden vulnerabilities. Mm. There are things about being in this role that people don't know because they can't know. And I think that's that's super helpful yeah. for me to remember. It's not that people don't care. It's that they don't, they can't actually mm. know because these are things that are hidden. And they're meant to be hidden. Mm-hmm. One thing that's really encouraged me in that is to know that God is a God who sees. I, I love the story of Hagar mm-hmm. where she is distraught and she's in a really hard s- space and she has no one. And she goes out into the wilderness yeah. and God meets her there. And she's the first person to call God a, the God who sees. The, and she she says he's the God who mm-hmm. hears and the God who sees. That has helped me 
tremendously to know that God is a God who sees. So all of those things that are unseen by other people, and, mm-hmm. and rightly so sometimes, that he sees that. And I love Hebrews 6.10 that says yeah. that he is not unjust to to forget what mm. you have done. I'm paraphrasing what you have done for God's people. He sees all of that and he keeps yeah. record of it and rewards that. That's so, so good. So, so good. And I want to jump back to the whole, you love books. And so somebody noticing and asking you that question, what are you interested in? And that opening the door for you to feel seen and known that for me has unlocked the door of friendship more than once as a pastor's wife. And specifically, I love book I love books too. And so in the beginning, there was with a couple of my friends, there was this discovery period of like, man, we both love to read. We both have bookshelves on bookshelves of books that are half read and well loved and everything in between. And so a lot of our friendship is talking about that. We have n- very little else mm-hmm. in common. If, if we just look at, you know, qualities on paper, but we both love to read. And so I think sometimes, whether you're the church member or you're the pastor's wife, seeing those common interests, at least for me, that has unlocked more than one door of friendship. So I'm, yeah, that's I'm grateful great. for that. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So you've shared so, 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 so many good things that I know you would probably answer this question with, but I'm curious if you could go back to young pastor's wife, Christine, and sit down and have coffee with her, what would you want to tell yourself now that you couldn't have known 20 years ago? There are so many things I wish I could tell myself. The primary one being you don't have anything to prove. You are not what you do. This is not Mm. about working for God or performing Mm -hmm. for God or people. This is about knowing Jesus and loving him and loving other people. I was just so intent on proving myself. And I didn't quite understand grace when we first started. And so that's where that Mm. comes from is just, I would go back and say, it's going to be okay. Relax. God, God loves you and he will utilize you how he chooses to. And it may not be what you think it will be, but he loves you and he's got you. Yeah. And so that's been a huge theme for me. I have to go back to that a lot. I'm not what I do. I'm a loved mm. child of God and nothing I can do can change that um, or nothing I cannot do will change that. I think an- another thing yeah. is just that ministry is a marathon. It is not a sprint. And that kind of goes mm. along with the, the yep. working. Like I can just I wish that I had paced myself a little bit (laughs) in the beginning and Mm. learned to take times of rest. It took us a long time as a couple Mm -hmm. to choose to take a Sabbath day and to actually stop and rest. And so I would say to myself, pace yourself. It's a marathon. Um, I also would say, you know, I think I struggled at the beginning to know what do I give myself to? I, I don't know who I am. I don't know what God has made me to do. Mm. But one thing I know for sure for everyone, and, and I would, this is something we did start early on, is just focusing on making disciples. That that is God's plan. He blesses his plan. It is clear in scripture. And so yeah. whatever you do, you know, the, the, 
the push behind that is making disciples. If it's teaching Bible study, you're making disciples. Mm -hmm. If it's meeting with a college student, you're making a disciple. If it's your children, you have young children at home, mm -hmm. you're making disciples. That That's the ministry that you want to give yourself to. And I think, finally, I would just yeah. say there are seasons to ministry. And especially for the pastor's mm. wife, I think that, you know, if you have children, your your ministry will change. You may have dormant yeah. seasons where you just feel very dry and that God is not near, that he is not using you. And, you know, I've gone, I can look back now and see that there are seasons that sometimes God had me doing one thing and then he changed that. And I always kind of grieved that transition. Sure. And sometimes it was really hard yeah. to kind of find my footing again, but eventually I found my footing mm -hmm. and then I had a new season yeah. and then he changed that. And so I think just in all of it, we can trust Jesus that he is going to give us our next steps, mm. that he has us where he wants us. Mm -hmm. If it's a dormant season, that's where he wants mm -hmm. us. And there's an invitation in that for us. If he, we're at home with small children mm -hmm. or our children have left the house, he has us where he wants us. So those are some yeah. of the lessons that I still go back to um, decades in that have yeah. kind of sustained me. Yeah, that's so good. So, so encouraging. Okay, there is a question that I ask all of my guests that come on the show. And Christine, I'm so excited to ask you. And God has really used Psalm 34, 5 in kind of the life of the podcast. It says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces are never covered in shame. And the question I love asking is, what about Jesus makes you radiant? Well, there's so many things I could say. I mean, I think about his grace that I've learned you know, as I was just talking about, I think lately what, what about him makes me radiant is that he is safe, that he is a refuge, that Ooh. just this morning I was feeling some, you know, I was feeling sad and I was feeling a little bit lost and I just sat with him and I told him that I feel sad and here's why and I feel lost yeah. and here's why. And and a lot of times when I am telling him how I feel I try to also ask, what does this tell me about who Jesus is and who I am reflected back mm -hmm. in, you know, a look in his face and who, who does this say who I am? And today it was him just saying, you're safe with me. I'm a refuge. I love in Psalm often yeah. it talks about God as our refuge. He's my refuge. I can tell him when I'm sad. I can tell him when I feel lost yeah. and I don't have, I didn't come away with any answers. But I came away with just remembering he is my refuge. I can run to him with everything and I can trust him that he, mm -hmm. he I don't know what's going on, but he knows and, and, and I can, I can yeah. trust in him. He's faithful. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. So, so good. Well, I would love for you to share, Christine, where can people connect with you? They can go grab the book anywhere, but how can they get in touch with you and the work that you do after this conversation? The best place is my website, christinehoover.net, or I'm often on Instagram at christinehoover98. Awesome, awesome. Well, I'm so grateful for you. I can't tell you how excited I am to see this book come out into the world and encourage so many pastors' wives. And I'm just grateful for the work that you're doing. So thank you for being Thanks my guest today. Thanks so much today. for having me. 
I hope you enjoyed that conversation so much with Christine, and I hope you'll go grab a copy of How to Thrive as a Pastor's Wife today. And friends, I can't wait to be back with you next episode. We're going to be sitting down with Kristen Strong to talk all about change. We talk about her book, When Change Finds You, and some of you know that the last few years of my life have been marked with a lot of change, and so this was a book that was really important to me to talk about. So I can't wait to join you then, and we'll sit down with Kristen.